Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From the home of TV news, interviews and reviews, this is The Custard TV Live. It's 2014 and the podcast team are back, fresh-faced and uh, happy that telly is on. Woo-hoo. Yeah, It's um, The Custard TV Podcast with Luke, editor and runner and... Editor and runner of the website, thecustardtv.com. <laughs> and I'm joined by the 2014 version of Gary. Hi. The 2014 version of the northern quota that is Matt. Hi. Oh, I I like that. Can I just check, Matt? I I had a small argument on Facebook that I hope you could hear. Brown sauce or red sauce? Neither really. I'm not. Oh, okay. I suppose red sauce. If I'm, if I'm. Oh, that that using. goes against the racial stereotypes. Thank you. Mayonnaise. Oh. <laughs> Luke, cut him off. So, if you've never heard the podcast before, what we do is we talk about our favourite condiments, <laughs> and then we move on to. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, we said we wouldn't yeah. be as saucy as we were last year. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so um, if you've not heard the podcast before, we talk about our favourite condiments, then we move on and we talk about the best and the worst on the box, and as this is the first one of the new year, we're going to cover Christmas and New oh, Year. Oh, I've got it. This podcast doesn't quite cut the mustard. Sorry. Sorry, Luke, you were saying... We're going to cover Christmas and New Year and tell you all what's coming up in the uh, coming weeks as well. It is the Custard TV podcast. Not a great deal on the news front uh, as we are so early on into the new year. Uh, Suits Series 3, which is currently on Dave in the UK and the USA Network, I'm fairly certain, in the USA, uh, is to premiere online one week before it's shown on Dave here in the UK. We will give you more information on that Uh, when we know it. Well, I have it. It's on on the 22nd. Uh, Well, there you go. First episode on the 29th. We do know. Right, well, shut up then. Yeah. Shut up. Also... As of time of recording, the shortlist for the 19th National Television Awards has been announced. Dermot O'Leary will be hosting the ceremony. It'll be on the 22nd of January at London's O2. You can vote for your favourites at Um, nationaltvawards.com. Are we going this year? Okay. Uh, The prices range from £23.50 to £129 if you want to be indoors. So that you can see us on telly. Notable categories that I think we could talk about briefly. The comedy category doesn't uh, have many comedies in it, as far as I'm concerned. Derek, Mrs. Bounds Boys, The Big Bang Theory, and Miranda. I'm only Um, hoping that because people vote and The Big Bang Theory, it it always tends to get big ratings, even though there's nothing but repeats on. Hopefully that will win. 
Uh, and drama is, for us at least, an obvious one. It's between Broadchurch, Call the Midwife, Downton, and Doctor Who. Call for the us Midwife. Got yeah, just gonna, <laughs> I was just going to use I'm that. Su- I'm surprised, though, that Derek is the fourth in that comedy category. That seems like well, a surprising when, choice. When you look at it, look at, look at the channels. You've got BBC One, mm-hmm. BBC One, E4. They had to choose something other than another BBC One comedy, considering well, why the... Why did uh, they? Why did they? Well, con- well it's, it, no, it's, in that case, why didn't they have vicious, is, I suppose? This is voted for by the public, isn't it? So it's all voted for by the public, so they could well, have chosen anything. We know the public are idiots, because they listen yeah. to this. So... How to win friends and influence people. Uh, the documentary series is an interesting mm. category as well. Same. It sees Inside Death Row with Trevor MacDonald fighting oh, out yeah. against Paul O'Grady's Working Britain, Penguin Spy in the Huddle, and the clear frontrunner, you'd hope, Educating Yorkshire. How that can be in the same category as Penguin Spy in the Huddle, I don't I, quite I tell understand. You what, the TV detective one to me is the biggest one. Taking out Bradley Walsh because that's something. Oh, don't I know. take out Bradley Walsh. That's something I know yeah. you'd like to do. Look at that ray of talent: mm. Tennant, Coleman, Elber, Jones, and Cumberbatch. That's, <laughs> a, that's, that's a law firm. <laughs> like my no. Christmas card list. Compare <laughs> that to the Drama Performance Award. Where's that? Which I can't. I can't find. Oh, here we go. Smith, Smith, Clunes, and Hart. Uh, that's Maggie Miranda. Smith. Matt, Oh. Matt Smith. Sorry, Matt Maggie Smith in Downton Abbey, Miranda Hart in Call the Midwife are both comic performances within a drama. Well, not only that, they're not the lead performances, are they? No. I mean, they're, they're not even second lead and, performances. And also, I would argue that even Martin Clunes would say that his performance in Doc Martin is hardly dramatic. No. How is um, an idiot abroad a factual? Oh, I suppose it is entertainment. Factual entertainment. Yeah. But also, it hasn't been on for a while, so I don't quite know. But anyway, that aside, they are the National Television Award nominees, and we will be uh, possibly going to the event if we can. On to the review section. We are covering Christmas and New Year, and uh, as he lives slightly in the past, Matt is going to cover Christmas 1997 is here now. It's the New Year. You wait till you get the first series of The Office. You'll love it. Uh, Another six years away from you. (laughs) <laughs> um, How's Oasis versus Blur going? That was two yeah. years ago, Gary. Get with the oh. times. It's well, they're, they're still producing music. Oasis <laughs> oh, yeah, Cornflake Girl is number one, I believe, at the moment. Oh, and and there's that new hit by White Town. I can never be your woman. <laughs> and Titanic wow. is almost out of the cinema. Anyway, it's like, it's like a time channel. Three banks, haven't you? <laughs> What do you mean memory banks? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Life, as you call it. Uh, right, so... He means Stoke. One of the big... Um, see, I do get future television, though, from... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do- uh, was Doctor Who was the big Christmas Day um, uh, event. Uh, got the biggest uh, peak audience of anything on Christmas Day. Uh, of course, everyone tuning in to see... Um, Peter Capaldi um, becoming the new Doctor, taking over from Matt Smith. Um, I thought the um, the episode itself was a bit sort of muddled, and and the the regeneration itself was a bit anticlimactic. I would say they didn't spend as much time on it as I thought they would. I don't think Matt Smith got as good a send off as uh, David Tennant. Well, no, I I disagree. I I didn't like the David Tennant send off. Regenerations are not supposed to be sentimental 
only in the new era have the regenerations turned to this sort of sentimental part. They're supposed to be quite dramatic bits. You know, you look back to the old regenerations, they were unexpected. They were they were fresh. I know that's not as easy to do in this generation, you know, the Twitter generation. But um, I, I, I don't know, I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that he regenerated and then came back and then regenerated again. And No. But no. the episode I thought was quite good. And I think Christmas specials for Doctor Who are quite mm. hard to do because they have to be single stories. I do. I just thought. I don't know. It was a bit sort of episodic. I didn't like um, most of it. To be fair, I wasn't a fan of the episode. There was too much sort of combination of all this sort of old. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there was there was quite a lot of old baddies, wasn't there? Old there was baddies. Daleks, I mean, there just wasn't anything that excited me. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. I I was I was never excited by it, and I think the last couple of episodes, obviously, they've been hampered by, you know, the anniversary and the um, and the regeneration, and well, it, it's it... explored the mythology of the Doctor maybe a little bit too much. And hopefully, now we've got a new Doctor, it can go back to being sort of more of a kid-friendly, you know, hero yeah. against monsters type program. And I, and I think it will. And I think one of the good things is, you know, news out today that they've started working today mm. on the, the new There's Doctor There's pictures Who. come out, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. First pictures have come out of Peter Capaldi in I his believe it's on, Is it on the website, Luke? Um, I don't think Luke can tell you, but if I go to... Uh, it, w- is w- the website, Custard, it is on the website. CustardTV.com, which is the uh, the home of uh, the Custard TV podcast, that then, uh, yes, you can have a look at pictures of Peter Capaldi. Uh, looking not very Doctor Who-like. Really? Well, he's still wearing Matt Smith's clobber, isn't he? Though? Oh, is he? Oh, okay. Uh, and standing around with a script, which is very un-Doctor Who-like. I didn't think they were allowed to do that. No, it just shows you that he can read in the new series. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay, anything else on Doctor Who? Should we move on? Move on. Okay, so, um, new... Oh, no, I say new comedy. Uh, the return after about uh, 30 years, is it, Luke? Something like that? It's probably Sorry. not 30, it's probably more like, well actually it might be, the late 70s programme I suppose. Uh, it was on in the 80, 85, so yeah, almost It finished so. in 85. Um, open, still open all hours, uh, reunited us with um, Granville, played by David Jason, who is now uh, running the store, has pr- pretty much uh, morphed into his uncle Art, right, and is now joined by his son um, Leroy, who is the um, result of a one night stand. I found this to be a very, very old-fashioned... It almost felt to me like uh, an old script that um, Roy Clark, is it? The writer? Yeah. Yeah, I got that right. Um, had lying around somewhere. Just Matt, it's not you that struggles with names. Cha- it's the other one. Just changed the... Um... <laughs> oh, the irony of you can't remember my name talking about how to remember names. <laughs> just... Children, please. Uh, just uh, sort of changed the names around. It was very, very old-fashioned. I mean... When you've got uh, one of the uh, biggest surprises is one of the Chuckle Brothers turning up in the shop, you know you're in trouble. Um, I just didn't, Vegas. I, I just didn't think that there was enough effort made to sort of get into the 21st century, and I don't know if you two agree with that. I heard a very interesting table reading, which is when uh, journalists go to set and they go around the table and they can chat to the cast before... Um, this show goes out and sort of get a feel for their publication. I had a very in this interview, one of the journalists who I sort of thought could have been me said, "Have you what efforts have been made, and are you worried about bringing it up to date mm. for a modern mm. audience?" Right, which is a question I think I yeah. would have asked if I'd been round that table. 
and David Jason and Linda Barron, who play um, Nurse Gladys Emmanuel and uh, uh, Granville, were really off, really perturbed by this question. They said audiences aren't modern. People love this in 1985. They'll love it now. The audience hasn't changed. I completely, watching this, I mm. completely disagree with their comment. The audience has changed. The humour has changed. The appetite for comedy has changed. And it just felt like a relic, this. But the, prob- the problem relic. is, whilst I agree with you, looking further down this list, we have the return of, um, where is it, the return of uh, Birds of a Feather. Mm. Later on this year, we have a Porridge remake. You know, the, it, it seems to me as if television commissioners are looking back and bringing things back, yeah. as if they agree with them, There's an whereas I agree yeah. that we don't. Yeah. There's an interesting article, actually, uh, on the... And I'm sorry to take people away from the Custard TV. If you finish reading everything on that, journey over to the Radio Times uh, briefly. There's an interesting article about this time of year and how sort of it's all reality shows and sort of old-fashioned comedies almost as well, with, you know, Benidorm's come back as well. Um, but yeah, um, Gary, did you watch Still Open All Hours? I, I didn't, I'm afraid. It's something that I, that missed me by. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I think it was a one-joke show when it was mm-hmm. on before. It was the stutter. But... You know, right, you know, I didn't really get... It was a bit... It was slightly bawdy as well, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, honestly, though, it... I mean, of all the programmes that were on over Christmas, it's the one that, that did the best overall. I mean, mm. Christmas Day, Mrs. Brown's Boys got the, the best average and still open all hours got o- overall in the sort of festive um, schedules, if you like. So it seems that there is an appetite for this old-fashioned comedy. Particularly on iPlayer as well. Mm. Anyway, moving on, um, Death Comes to Pemberley, which I'm the only member of the uh, the trio to have watched, so I'll keep it brief on this one. This was a um, uh, three-part adaptation of P.D. James's sequel to... Um, is it The Pride and the Prejudice? Is it, Luke? That's, yes, it that's, is. That's a, uh, that's a private joke, really. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> is, that your new, is that your new catchphrase? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, this uh, starred um, Anna Maxwell Martin and uh, Matthew Rhys as um, Elizabeth and Darcy, who are a few years into their marriage at this uh, stage. She's now Lady of the Manor uh, of Pemberley, and then Death comes. Um, which what are the odds? In the form of um, a, a colleague of the uh, Mr. Wickham, played by Matthew Good, and the whole thing is basically a murder mystery to see if. Uh, Wickham did actually kill off his friend. I thought this was perfect. It was it was sh- where it was scheduled, which was Boxing Day, and the two uh, nights after that. It was it was lovely to look at, and it had some good performances. Although I did keep thinking Mr. Darcy would tell his wife that he was a Russian spy. Uh, fans of the Americans yes. will get that joke. Um, and yeah, which and, is being re- can I just pop in and say they're yeah. re-showing that on ITV at the moment? They are. If you yes. Catch it. Um, I would highly recommend it. You just pop in. It feels like you've been out all day. Uh, I just pop in and uh, have a cup of tea with you, and then I'll and pop also, off again. It had yeah. a very interesting supporting cast. There's a lot of sort of comic turn. I mean, Rebecca Front, Joe Scanlon, and um, Kevin Eldon were all in this. Anyway, moving on to something we don't talk about very much on the podcast: uh, EastEnders. Um, 
which has had a lot of changes to it. That's been the late. first time in two years I think that's been mentioned on this podcast. Um, duff, 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 duff. Yes, it is. Uh, Dominic Fredwell <laughs> Collins is the new executive producer on this, and he's sort of ushered in a new period of change. I don't think he's just. I don't think he's just the executive producer. He's, he also, just the he's also the saviour of oh. EastEnders, in my view. Yeah. I didn't see that at the end of the credits. Um, you would. You would have. <laughs> okay. Uh, the big change, of course, is the new ownership of um, the Queen Vic. Uh, I think it's the first time in a long while that the Mitchells haven't had anything to do with the uh, the Queen Vic. Um, this is Danny Dyer is the head of the Carter clan, obviously the the uh, brother of uh, Shirley, and he's brought along all of his family. Uh, what do you including think, the bulldog, including uh, Lady Di, the bulldog, and uh, I love Danny Dyer's. Um, pink nightgown i'd just like to say that now yeah i just saw that today <laughs> um i i think eastenders is back where it's supposed to be i i'm enjoying it i'm looking forward to it and it's really well written really well put together now i like the, normally when a new family comes in and they focus solely on those new characters for a while you get a bit you know fatigued by it but i really find the carters an interesting bunch sorry saying that yeah. saying that i don't think they are New East, they're not new characters for EastEnders, you know, the, the sort of hard man mm. and the abrupt, abrupt mother and, and that, but I just, there's something well, about them that just feels fresh I and mean, new. But you say that you say hard man, but he isn't your normal, he, you know, he isn't Phil Mitchell, no. is he? He's quite, uh, no, he's playing he's, against uh, type, he's playing against Danny type, as, you, as I said before, with the pink nightgown, and also. I, I love the scene recently where, you know, his son came out and it's the mother who's got an issue with it rather than the father, which is how soaps normally play, isn't it? Like the the sort of macho father and the mother's very sort of sensitive to his needs, I think. They've done it the other I, way I, around. And I think... There's also a bit of comedic value because there's a line in that, that the episode where... Um, I can't, that's awful, I can't think of his name. The, the, the boy who came out. That's terrible. His you, name you, is Johnny. Thank yes, it is. It was an episode where yes, it is. There was an episode <laughs> where <laughs> there was an episode. The episode uh, written by Darren Little, uh, where Johnny came out to his dad, having sort of been forced into it by his sister Nancy, was just superbly written and brilliantly acted. And there's a line in there that I think we can all uh, have a little bit of a giggle at when. Just settles a bit, and Danny Dyer says to his son, "So you're the one we should have called Nancy," which made me smile a lot. And you don't smile during an episode of EastEnders no. normally. I think they've it's done. The, I mean, I think they've got all the characters now. I mean, they've had a clear out of some of the sort of characters that have been dragging. They have now. cleared a lot of the dead wood, mm. haven't they? And, and also, you can still I feel mean, that did, happening. Not to ruin anything. Did you see last night's? I have today, yes, yeah. I've seen... So, uh, I mean, yeah. the... Uh, close your ears now if you haven't seen it yet. Um, Gary. Uh, the the <laughs> shock return of uh, Jane Beale, which wasn't mm. publicised ahead of time, and I thought that was no. very refreshing, that they had... They kept this um, return... Semi-big big secret, and I mean, it yeah. Is, it is surprising, because she is on another show currently as well. It's not one that mm. you would expect... Her to just yeah. return to Turn all up. of a sudden. Yeah. Anyway, I, I am really enjoying it, and I just I I think they're on a, they're on a nice even keel, a nice balance now between the new and the old. Mm. Um, I think we know already that um, Masood's brother 
is going to leave. That's setting in motion. So there's still some wood to clear. Kirsty um, as well. Kirsty's on her way out. Can I just briefly talk to you about Ronnie and Carl mm. as well? I think that's the other big storyline. How did you feel about that? And is that EastEnders repeating one of its hits? Or Which trying hits are you talking new? about? Well, Ronnie sort of turning evilish. I mean, she again. shouldn't be there on New Year's Day, should she? Really, she should just no. be. She should have gone on that holiday a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, I I don't know because it'd be interesting to see what they do with the character when she comes back because this was her frustration over you know what was happening. I liked the way you know he was finally finished off. You know, being crushed in a car that's fairly final. You you can't really come back from that. But then Dirty Dan did come back from you know being shot in, in the canal and being stuff. Buried under the uh, pub. Uh, but so that's yeah. EastEnders. It and actually it's refreshing to talk about EastEnders, yeah. and we don't cover the soaps, but we just Next thought week, EastEnders. <laughs> and then the following week, Hollywoaks, Hollywoaks, <laughs> Hollywoaks after dark, <laughs> Hollywoaks after dark. <laughs> um, yeah, Gary, watch Hollywoaks next week. Tell us okay. Uh, <laughs> there's your assignment. Uh, Moving on, I, I've decided Hogwarts. to group these two together. Um, the 13th Look at Tale, you go. Uh, which, which was a 90-minute, um, I suppose you could maybe a, a psychological thriller, would you call it, Luke? Is that That's kind of... fair enough. Yeah, well, it had elements of spookness to it. Not... there's a bit of horror. Yeah. Basically, this was uh, the ubiquitous Olivia Coleman, who would show up again later on in our discussions. Here playing, As she always does. Here playing um, a biographer, I'm trying to remember, Margaret, I believe the character's name Margaret, is. Margaret, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, and, and she went to the um, the, ha- the current house of uh, Vanessa Redgrave's novelist, Vida, to... Uh... Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. A document her life, and she was told a story of uh, what she thought was her childhood growing up as a twin in this very spooky, um, like, deserted uh, country house, you could call it. And it was just an interesting... What I liked about this was the way, I mean, the camera, the use of, like, the sort of atmosphere of it. Obviously, the performances from Olivia Coleman and Vanessa Redgrave were excellent. But just my thing, and I know I've used this word before on the podcast already... Uh, anticlimactic. It was towards the end. I, I felt it sort of petered out, and the and the revelations that came, you were like, oh, okay. I just th- I think the build up was a lot better than the execute the, the sort of the final execution. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it because it was a very well made piece of drama. But I, I I just thought, you know, the final act sort of not spoilt it, but wasn't as good as I possibly could have thought it would be. 
Luke. This was... Well, I think I'm just going to repeat everything you said. I love the atmosphere of this. There's a great atmosphere to it throughout. I thought Olivia Colman's role, not a particular performance, but her role was slightly dull, um, really. And I thought, initially, I thought that dialogue between Olivia Colman's character and Vanessa Redgrave was a bit like they were doing a stage play rather than for television. It took a while for me to get into the rhythm of it. But I really enjoyed it. I thought the kids were brilliant. The atmosphere was brilliant. It was something a bit different. Um, it wasn't a traditional crime drama. It was just oh, no, it was really more of a, well done. Supernat yeah. Supernatural would be a good one. Supernatural. But also not... It didn't go over too no. much to the supernatural no. side that I didn't enjoy it and find it interesting. So, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the 13th Tale. If you haven't watched it, do watch it. And let us know what Bound you think. Bound still to be on iPlayer, I would have thought, for a while. Yes. Okay. Uh, moving on. I don't know if either of you saw this track, the track tape mid-off. No, I've, again, no, I've, I've got it. I've no. got it taped. Okay. Very the quickly, then. This was another... Um, this was more of a sort of traditional horror, sort of supernatural thing, about a, a book that... Um, there was two characters searching for it because it um, was to do with an inheritance. It was very well done. And Mark Gatiss, um, his directorial debut here, he also ad adapted it. Um, just a very enjoyable short uh, ghost story, really, for Christmas night. Um, and, yeah, it was a bit different. And this is sort of a tradition that I hope BBC sort of upholds some, for some people who don't want to watch, say... Mrs. Brown's Boys or Downton Abbey. I, I, I suppose the one the one thing there was over Christmas there wasn't an awful lot of diversity. It was very much the same sort of thing. What, the, so, the what, street dance group. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> one they, of them was on Splash. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> one of them's got a show on Sky. One. Oh, um, yeah, I, I just think there wasn't a lot of variety. Yeah, there we go. On uh, yeah. over Christmas. So this was ni a nice change of pace. Apart from the Royal Variety Show. Well, that, was, um, that wasn't on over Christmas, Matt. Oh, I could punch okay. him in the face. Face. Yeah. Are you seething? I'm seething. Seething. Yes, um. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, moving on. Uh, something um, I think me and Luke both watched on Boxing Day. Uh, Gangster Granny, which is the um, second adaptation of one of David Williams' children's books. Um, following the success of Mr. Stink back in 2012. This basically starred Julia McKenzie as sort of a stereotypical boring grandmother and it was revealed that she was an international jewel thief. This also starred Williams and Gary's favourite Miranda Hart as um, the young lad's parents. I thought There was an awful lot of Miranda over Christmas, actually. I, there really was. I thought, I, again, I really enjoyed this. I thought this had a sort of... Like like with Mr. Stink, uh, obviously not reading Wellings books. I'm I'm simply going from the adaptations. I, it's got a lot of uh, Roald Dahl to it. It was a, a big debt to Roald Dahl, as in the the uh, children are a lot more advanced than the grown ups in Adept, other ways. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I thought the the young lad um, Reese Buttery, who um, actually retweeted me on Twitter, so that's why I'm sort of name mm, name dropping him here, was very was very very good in Plank. the role. There goes another. Yeah. Uh, also, um, I mean, Rob Brydon was in this. Joanna Lumley had a had a small cameo as the Queen. I just thought it was well put together. It, it made me laugh. There was almost a little bit of it that made me cry, and it was just a good thing that all the family could watch together. And there wasn't a lot over Christmas that I thought you know you could sit down with the whole family and watch. 
I think that's a shame as well, isn't mm. it? That, that that Christmas is perhaps the one time of year where that could happen and should happen, and there isn't much. And I I agree. Well, I I preferred Mr. Stink as a story. I just I I found it a bit warmer. Uh, but but I still really enjoyed this. I think, and I I, think sorry, go on. No, you. you I, I was just going to say I think I enjoyed the message to this more about how we shouldn't ignore old people because they mm. you know they were young once and they might have stories and that was sort of the basis of this i also liked how the uh, the young character had a love of plumbing i thought that was a good idea but yeah i, I do really enjoy these adaptations mm. and i if they do more i'm not i'm not i must admit i'm not clued up on how many books williams has mm. written but if they do do more then i hope it becomes a bit of a christmas tradition yeah. for the bbc I, yeah. because they do them really well i think gary was going to jump in and defend something else well, you're going to pop gonna in say, gary well all i was going to say pop in have you got any biscuits uh, all <laughs> i was going to say was that there was toy story 3 there was doctor who I can't see kids sitting down to watch a two-hour Downton Abbey, and I think. All right, fair I enough. But there were like, maybe my family doesn't who... have. Yeah, but my family doesn't have young kids. Mm. Well, what I'm months. talking about families is you know generations well, coming together right. for Christmas, um, and say you know Doctor Who would confuse maybe the older generation. And I think and this me. was the only thing. It was easy to understand, and everybody could grasp different elements of it. I think. I think there was something. There was different bits of it for the whole family. So I mean, the, the kids could enjoy the physical humour. There were some nice little gags between the pet. You know, the Miranda Hart and David yeah. Williams character. As I didn't see it, I can't comment. But I don't think. I don't think Christmas was. There was the snowman and the snow dog mm -hmm. as well. But that oh. was a repeat. But now. For the first time ever <laughs> on the Custard TV podcast, a feature you which I hope would never happen. We thought we said it would never happen, but 2014 brings its first major surprise as Gary talks down to Abby. I Dante watched it Gary. basically mostly because I was made to, if I'm perfectly honest, because there was it was near Christmas Day and my family were all there, and I was told I wouldn't get a lift home until it was over. So um, <laughs> it didn't finish till like eleven, did it? What? Yeah, what no, time did what time did? Half ten. It, it didn't finish till quite late. I was told I wouldn't get a lift until I, you know, until I finished watching it. So uh, stay the night, sleep during Downton Abbey. I would have. Well, <laughs> The only problem was is that if I had to sleep, I wouldn't have slept in my own bed. And you know that's not good. Um, yeah, I watched it. The story was loosely based around some uh, a, bit, a bit of blackmail, wasn't it? About some mm. some pictures or some um, a, a writing, letter. Letter. a letter. That's it. Yeah, very. Old this bad. is like a kid doing an oral exam. They've is read it, a, the book. A letter for and the now... kids is something yes. that apparently you can put a tweet in writing. So who knows? <laughs> um, this so is like this is like a kid doing a an oral exam. Indeed. Trying to um, explain a book they've written. I, I, there was obviously quite a bit in it where if you hadn't watched Downton Abbey before, quite a bit of it was quite confusing. I did keep asking, well, yeah, who's that? And the, I think the, the the two stories that you need to have been following throughout the, the series was the stuff with Edith's baby and the stuff with Mr. Bates and yeah. the whole going to London. It's a shame there was no again. Christmas rape. But the, um, the the ones that were sort of exclusive to the special were obviously uh, Paul Giamatti and Shirley MacLaine's appearances and also um, the stuff with, as you said, the letter, the blackmail, the Ed the future King Edward VIII. And I thought it was all a bit sort of nudge, nudge, wink, wink about how you yeah. know, he's going to end up with a European princess. You know, we don't want to disgrace him and all of that. It all seemed a bit sort of, you know, self-referential in a way. 
I I have a question though on this special section. Downton, yeah, I'll, Gary I'll, does I'll, Downton. I'll take your your Downton question now. Yes. Um, can, I mean, I've never understood the popularity, and this is the first time you've watched it. Can you watching it in a group as you did on Christmas night? Can you understand the popularity behind it, even though you've not enjoyed it yourself? Not, or is it still a bit of a mystery to you? Not really. No. I mean, it, it, it's it's there wasn't a great amount of strong storytelling. It was mostly character-led, and if you hadn't invested in the characters like I hadn't, then then it was a bit strange. I mean, I can see as as a period piece, it's very accurate. It, it seems to be very um, uh, well shot. You know, it, it looks wonderful, but I, I just didn't get it. And, and you know, perhaps again because I, you know, I'm not a big Hugh Bonneville fan in that sense, or a Dave Maggie Smith fan. So, what about the people that you watched it with? Why were they so keen to watch? Well, it? I. I, I think, unfortunately, although Matt won't agree with this, for them it was a Christmas tradition. You know, it was that was what they watched on Christmas Day. When now. I said sorry, it, it when I become. said when I said family, I did mean. I know, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm younger generation. If you're, the, you know. I'm slightly taking the bit, but I'm being serious in the sense that that was what they considered good family Christmas entertainment. I mean, my family all, all sat around together and watched um, EastEnders. Uh, and, yeah. Um, and Alan Carr, Chatty Man, but I won't I call that. I went for a walk during the senders. I can, I can be yeah, doing but that as well. Yeah. It's still 97 there. Yeah. You're watching the Christmas special of men behaving badly. Um, <laughs> okay, we're, we're, so watching, we're... we're watching the Alan Carr reunion of men behaving badly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, Matt. Hello. Um... Hey! <laughs> Not in there. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, um, it is. Go to New Year's Eve just before uh, Luke brings us into 2014. This was on very late, or not very late, nine o'clock on on New Year's Eve. <laughs> very late in Stoke. Okay, all the three nights were Not very late, and in terms of like the Hooten ending was on very late, which I watched. <laughs> um, even though Mel C was on it. Uh, two doors down. This was a. This was the one thing in the schedules that when me and Luke looked at them initially, we were like. What is what this? Because we had heard we nothing about this. It is very unusual for Matt and Gary and... <laughs> not Gary. <laughs> Gary still doesn't unusual. know what it is. <laughs> I, 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 I <laughs> no, it's very unusual for the three of us not to at least have an inkling of what something is or have heard about it being commissioned or something. But when this came out... is Mrs. McNamara. Do you want me to go and get her or something? <laughs> <laughs> Would she have seen this? I love the idea of just talking to your neighbours every week. It's more than I do. <laughs> so, um, we knew nothing about this. It was a complete what the heck is this moment. So it's very unusual for it that to happen. It was actually an um, adaptation of a radio play. I think it was on Radio 4 a couple yeah. of years ago. And, and when it was on the radio, it was set in Belfast. This was set in, in somewhere in Scotland. Edinburgh, maybe. I'm not sure. Did they mention it? I'm not sure. I don't think they did. And if no. they did, I didn't hear. Okay, so Matt, this was just on a normal street in Edinburgh. It concerned yeah. uh, an annual party that the neighbourhood throws um, on their street. And this was um, the couple. I'm struggling now with the names of the couple. I remember the actors are um, Arabella Weir and Alex Norton who were playing with. They were sort of like the normal couple, weren't they? In it, They were sort yeah. of. Um, and they had 
Um, one son who was in the army and the other son was gay and his boyfriend was played by uh, Greg McHugh from Fresh Meat. Who was superb. Yeah, was really good in sort of an unusual role for him, wasn't it? It wasn't... Something... Very out of character he was one of, it, it, I, I think I, I liked him most of all. Also, the auntie here was played by um, Daniela Nardini from uh, This Life and she was very mm. sort of the flirty one. Uh, and also, I mean, there was there was the sort of social climbing neighbours. There was I loved the Norwegian neighbours. I thought they were hilarious. Hennig and um, Nina. I must admit, I'm blanking on names. Yeah, and, and, and friend of the um, friend of the sh- well, friend of Luke's because he's interviewed her. Sharon Rooney was in this uh, mm. very very briefly. Not, well, not not as brief as she was in in, in Sherlock, but she was in yeah. this. Her her story was probably the weakest of all of them. She she actually was the character who lived two doors down, and uh, she was Mrs. McNamara. Yeah, she was the Mrs. McNamara of this drama, and <laughs> uh, she almost rhymes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will be doing poetry on every post. <laughs> Basically, uh, ne- ne- next week, drama with Mrs. McNamara. It's a new regular feature on the podcast. <laughs> um, and um, basically, there was a lot of laughs. I, I, I did laugh out loud at least three or four times during this. It was just something that surprised me because I didn't think I, I would like it as much as I did. And I would and say Luke's the same. The same, it, I think, because I, I encouraged all, you to watch this, didn't I? Because it doesn't matter the... how many how many years I keep watching telly. What I enjoy most is something that I don't know anything about, and going into it and going, that was really enjoyable, and that's what happened with Two Doors Down. I just watched it, found it relatable, really enjoyable. Mm. Everybody was nice. Imagine uh, the fun and, then we could have if we sort of wiped your memory. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, well, well, it happens every week with you. But it was really enjoyable, and again, it's another one that's on iPlayer, I presume. It's fair to assume that, I think. Day, I think and you should go and watch it, because it was really enjoyable. I don't know, I don't quite know what the purpose of it was. I don't know if it's going to go to a series or well, what. Well, there was something, someone, I don't know if it was on Twitter or under my review or something, someone mentioned that they are looking at doing a series of it, so... I'd be happy to, with that. And to drop another name, the writer of this is now following me on Twitter, Simon Connor. Clang! Clang! Okay, I, I'm not going to hand over, so we'll have a little uh, uh, old Lang Syne from Gary, No. Let no. all acquaintance be forgot. I don't know the rest of the world. <laughs> and Luke so like that, into we, 2014. So just like that, we entered 2014. Um, and on New Year's Day, everybody with a television, a pair of eyes, have been looking forward to the return of Sherlock. A, they wanted to see Benedict and Martin back together. B, they wanted to find out how he managed to survive that deadly fall from the top of the roof that we saw in 2012 in the January really of that the year. The only deadly fall on the podcast is Luke. Um, yeah. Boom, boom. Yes, it, yes, it is. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I have to say, and looking back on the episode now, we're now two episodes in uh, of the trilogy. Looking back now, I enjoyed that first one thoroughly. Looking back now, I don't know how many answers it did give us. And... Episode two, which we'll talk about in a moment, gave us even fewer. Well, I, I, um, lo- I love the the. Op- let's talk very quickly about the opening, where they gave give you the the ending, which everybody was being fooled by. You know, the Darren Brown ending, shall we call it? 
and it was beautiful. It was it was wonderful piece of satire of 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 of, of Doctor Who, you, or the sorry, the Sherlock universe, of just taking the mick out of all those people with all those theories, and giving them a theory and then taking it away from them. But you know what was what was what's starting to annoy me, and it's already annoying me that I'm having to say the words annoying me because I wanted to start 2014 not whinging about telly. But what is annoying me about this series of Sherlock? We're now two of the, two episodes into the three. I think they're mocking the fans a little bit, and it doesn't bother me particularly, although I'm the one who brought it up. But I think they are mocking the fans and their love for it a fair bit. They they deserve an answer to to this whole thing. No. They des they do of course they do. Why why should T V shows always sort of ha can can there not be amb- ambiguity though? Do you have to they, have of, co- of course of course I of course there can be amb- ambiguity but, but when you leave a two year gap not, and you leave it on a cliffhanger. Am- did we not get like an ambiguous maybe it was when he was discussing it with the you know, the ex police officer in that last this might be the theory sort of thing, because could that not be an explained, you know, the explanation I, that he offered, and it's up to us whether we we believe it or not. I thought that's, that was what they were going for. Per- personally, I think they owe us nothing. Mm. And the one good thing about Sherlock is the anticipation. Yes, it's been two years, and that's what's made it popular. Let's be honest, episode two... It's controversial because it actually wasn't that good. It was okay, but not that good. But episode one was the most anticipated thing, probably will be all year for in television, apart from maybe Broadchurch series two. Um, and they don't have to give us anything, I don't think. I I disagree as well on in terms of the second episode not being very good. I don't. It wasn't I, linear I, in the same way that you. Yeah, expect I so I know, but again, I mean. I don't know why there should be a complaint about it not being linear. I think they did something different. I mean, I wasn't as much of a fan of it as I was the first episode, but it has divided opinion. Luke didn't like it very much. Um, but I watched it uh, with the family, and we just sat there and we really enjoyed it. I didn't overthink it at the time. and just thought it was an entertaining piece of drama. It was a little bit more comedic than I would have liked Sherlock to possibly be. But um, I think maybe, and, and you two may be able to back me up on this, one of the problems with doing an episode like this is that there's only three episodes in the series. Uh, if there were, say, six or eight, then maybe you could maybe think about doing an episode that had that sort of tone. And, and I suppose more. one of the things that I'm very surprised about is that the new Big Bad, which comes mm. in the next episode, is only in the next episode. I mean, all you saw but, in this episode, but then the next episode so was, was his Mori- eyes. So was Moriarty. In, uh, but hadn't Moriarty been in it slightly before, in, at least mentioned no, in, ser- in series one, I'm sure he was only in the last episode. But he was certainly talked about. It wasn't in the first episode. He was mentioned. I just think they're... I don't know. The, the schedules, for me, the schedules of the two main actors is now beginning to limit what potentially we could get out of Sherlock, whereas actually I would have liked it six episodes. We're only ever going to get three in a go. I don't think I'd want six. No? And that might not be Please. a bad thing. I mean, that, that might be perfect scheduling. What was your problem with more. the second episode, Luke, if you could sum it up? <sighs> I can do it. No- nothing happened. <laughs> well, I, I agree. It had no beginning, middle, and end. There was no story. The story was the wedding, mm. and it, but the story was the story of the you know the the two mysteries that they were trying to solve. They were interconnected, and they yes, they climax was... 
they climaxed with the um, you know the murder mystery the at the wedding, and it all sort of. Um, to to me, they it, it was it was they they wanted to have scenes in that episode. To me, it was a collection. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Of scenes. They thought, oh, the elephant in the room joke. That's brilliant. We'll have that. Uh, we'll, exactly. have the bit, we'll have the bit with Sherlock and Holmes, uh, Sherlock, Sherlock and Watson getting drunk. We'll have that. Yeah, we'll have him brilliant. calling out um, Lestrade to come and help him with the speech. They thought of scenes and fit an episode around it. And also, at the end, they went, we've got to have a crime element to this. We may as well just do one here. Yeah. See, I, d- I again, disagree with that. But there well, you that's go. fine. I mean, it's, 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 that's, what, that's the great thing about the, the TV shows that divide opinion, mm-hmm. is that it does produce different things in different people. But I just think, I, I don't know, it, it left me disappointed, but I can't put... And I haven't been able to put my finger on it. Also, the, the crime element... Um, where somebody was getting... If you've not seen it, I apologise, but we can't really talk about it without spoiling it a bit. Um, Where somebody was getting stabbed through their belt. That just seemed really, really thrown together for Sherlock. Their their crime stories are normally quite well thought out. I just thought it was a bit thrown together. I heard my theory on Twitter, which was the ice pick that dissolved in the shower. That was one of our theories as well. Yeah. Benedict's performance was great as always. I didn't buy Sherlock and, and Watson getting drunk. Oh no, I quite... I just... No, no, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Although there was a series of scenes, those scenes were well done. And I think I enjoyed them being drunk. I enjoyed seeing Sherlock out of his comfort zone. You know, going to the different bars, but bringing along the... Get, trying to, you know, trying to work out how much alcohol intake would be needed was fantastic. So Sherlock... Mm. But I had I to walk away while you were discussing it to do something, but I don't know whether you mentioned uh, that this was actually written by Steve Thompson, who has not, who is not Mark Gatiss or Stephen Moffat, mm, so maybe, maybe there's something in that. <laughs> that's his biggest crime. Neither is he either of those two people. <laughs> so yeah, that's Sherlock. Okay. The final episode is on Sunday. It is also it's a shame, as you said in your column, which you can read now on the website. It's a shame we didn't see. Uh, enough, well, any of Sherlock's new nemesis who is going to dominate the final episode. Yeah, I I said that whilst you were away as well, is that we... Okay, sorry. But to me, that's good because it means that we will be getting him hopefully more in series. Yeah, do do read my new column though, because it is good. It doesn't just say that. There's other things in there as well. Well, no, but that's the summary. It says hello at the top. (laughs) Including, also in my new column, this. Yes, it is. Uh, Catherine Tate's uh, back, she had a one-off, we're going to call this a pilot, because I think the idea yeah. is that let's test the audience, see how they feel, and we could get a series out of this. It's Catherine Tate's Nan, which I sort of thought was a terrible ca- uh, title for it, because it makes me think that we're watching a program well, well, about Catherine Tate's Nan. 
just call it Nan. It's fine. Um, which I would have. But would I... people know that it was? Sorry, I know you're about to talk about the show, but would people know what it was if it was just called Nan? Yeah, if you call it Catherine Tate's Nan, they would. But that's what you didn't want it called. <laughs> Gary's head will explode in about two minutes. I I have to say, I genuinely enjoyed this. I I always thought this character uh, had legs on the show, and she's always my favourite on the sketch show. Um, Of course, there were some obvious bits, but I thought it was really well done. I genuinely laughed a lot, and I would love to see more, because it is better... Than Mrs. Brown's boys, in my opinion, it's better than Miranda. It's a traditional comment. I mean, it Not does hard. have, it does have, a, you know, obviously some profanity in it, um, and obviously they had to put in the, um, the sort of catchphrases, the you know, a liberty that one, and yeah. Um, but I enjoyed liberty. what I enjoyed with this was um, the relationship between Nan and the um, yes. the character played by Amy Metcalf. Who I thought added Alice. Alice, who I thought added Poor a lot to blind it. Alice. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, I, I, I love, I, that, I love gen- that line where she goes, "But we had fun, though, didn't we, Alice?" No. No. <laughs> I did. Gen- I did genuinely why, why enjoy this. Why was there no it, Matt Horn? Do you think it, there was a lot of Matt? He Horn. was in this. Um, oh, was he in it? Sorry, I yeah, didn't he know was that. in yeah. this, but he was in Africa, so he was on, oh, on it mostly via Skype. Um, yes, um, which I think is a terrible way to communicate. Also, with I did like um, the wedding band, the Indian wedding, were called Raz and Dave. I thought that was Raz and Dave. I also liked um, just I, I enjoyed all mm. of it, and I I, I, I know as well. There's sort of uh, like you said with two doors down. There was stuff people could relate to here, like with the council office and stuff, and the you know the bureau the bureaucracy of it, and the you know the right form for the right thing and. And I like the payoff uh, as well at the end about how she really didn't, she couldn't have used the council in the first place. Because she owned it. Uh, you know, people may moan about dressing up in a burqa or whatever, but it was it was a genuinely funny half hour, I and I'd love to see more. Haven't seen much on Twitter about that though. To be fair, there, yeah. there hasn't been much. Good. So that was Catherine Tate's one-off pilot, which we hope and would be very happy to see in a series which brings us bang up to date uh, to last night a, a new two-part romantic drama starring David Morrissey, Olivia Colman and the wonderful Sheridan Smith in her first TV drama of the year not bad going um, this or was only seven the 739 yeah. this was the 739 um, I want to start with Matt because Hello. I think we're going to have similar opinions but apparently not, because you said to well, me no, there earlier... there was one thing, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this. Um, I don't know, do you want to sort of set up the plot at all of it before I... Well, I will set up the plot. Yeah. It is two people, uh, Sally and Carl. Carl's uh, in his 40s. Sally, I'm not quite sure. Oh, she's supposed to be 30... or something? Or... No, early 31. 30s, early, 30s. early 30s. They are both stuck in a monotonous cycle of getting up in the morning, going to work, Even getting on the train. more so than her. She's just yeah, they, they're it, just they're just sort of they're, they're not unhappy in their lives, no. but they're a bit stuck in a rut. Mm. They don't they're not necessarily looking for an escape, but they find uh, an an initial friendship mm. develops, which then leads to other things. And the final scene in last night's episode saw them deciding to have a bit of a one night stand uh, before well. David Morrissey forgot to push the button on the lift. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I what I would say in this, and I. L- 
was that I loved the two main characters. I thought David they Nichols, are bri- they bounced off each other brilliantly. Yeah, I mean the performances, and he was. I mean the realistic element of of down to the you know everyone fighting for the last seat on the train and things like that. I mean, what I thought was that um, Sally and her partner Ryan could turn into um, David Morrissey and uh, Maggie in like you know 12 years time or however long he's been doing his commute um the one thing that i had in it this is where my issue lay is as much as i loved the friendship between the character i couldn't believe that they would form a romantic bond i didn't believe that it would go any further that was my, that's my main issue with it i didn't believe in the romantic aspect of it um that's interesting i think uh, you know you're sort of you can understand these people wanting to, a change in their routine. You can understand why they become friends because it's something different. Well, I, I, I can kind of see it because from her point of view, her husband is let's let's use the word quite randy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Gary, do you hate it when Sean, you talk? Sean McGuire here playing the same role he did in Scott Bailey. Yeah. Where no woman he's with likes him. Indeed, but, but he's he's quite overly oh. affectionate and also quite, as she said, he's quite OCD, wasn't he? You know the way in which he laid everything out to build the bit of furniture. He, and he did have he did have a line that made me laugh a lot, which was when she turned up very late from work, oh, having yeah. missed the train, and he said, "It was your turn to, to cook supper." I've had four energy bars and can't stop shaking, <laughs> which was a very yeah, good line. as, as if when it. it's her night to cook, he thinks, oh, well, I'll just keep waiting. Yeah. You know, she's not yeah. here, I, I'll keep waiting. Yeah. I, I, I did, I, I, and from her point of view, she just wants someone to listen to her, and that's what David Morrissey's character can do. But listen. That's exactly what I'm saying, is that I believe that they would become friends and become a sounding board, but that doesn't necessarily mean that any, you know, uh, anything should progress and it just almost comes across like a midlife crisis for him and a way of her to get out of her you know impending marriage and and for this to sort of work as sort of a romantic drama you have to want the central couple to get together i that's what i believe anyway well, the, and the I, impression i got on uh, particularly particularly following it social media wise last night is a lot of people were like no don't do it don't ruin yeah. it you yeah. know there was almost a lot like the people saying don't sleep with her don't uh, you know yeah. and i mean I, I i i only my only my main criticism of it and I, I did enjoy it, but my main criticism is it was a bit too like real life. Do you know what? That is one of my. Let me explain. That's one of my biggest bugbears when people say that. Gary, explain, Luke. No, I would have punched you in the face. Let me explain. This is a very clever piece of programming. Today, or yesterday, was known as Black Monday, the first Monday where most people went back to work after the Christmas break. Okay? Right. This show. Shut up. <laughs> People always need stamps. Come on. Um, they, and they did a wonderful thing. Yesterday would have been a day where people would have got up and got on the 739 and fought over a seat and worried about their lives and thought maybe it's not worth it. And the whole idea of her working in a gym was just wonderful writing. Because it's that time of year that people think about that and all the things they're going through are the sort of things that people are feeling now at this time of year. But to me, that was just a little bit like for someone who has done commuting... I didn't want to see people living out my life of of arguing over seats and but the dashing point on trains to get I and knowing, knowing the way in which he knew the train times, or we can get the seven forty nine. Yeah, the, the point is that that's why they wanted that he wanted the check, why he needed the change, 
And it wasn't just that. That was the start of it. And then once she comes into his life, that's why, you know, he perks up because she's something different from the normal routine. She, yeah, that's, she's a breath of fresh yeah. air in his otherwise monotonous life. You didn't get the routine as much after she's come into it. And that was the point, I thought. Re- really, here's a guy who's be- he's in middle management. He's berated by his boss, put down. I mean, that was one of the things that I didn't like about it, was that the the boss just seemed... He was the only thing about it that didn't seem realistic to me. No, that's very realistic in in, in working life. Yeah, but just the way he was... Not that he's got a horrible boss, just the way... It might have been the actor, it might be the way the character was written, but it just seemed too much of an extreme... Also, while, while we're covering this, does anyone know where I've seen the guy who's, who he had to fire before? It drove me mad. Uh, There's this thing I've called IMDB. Him. I don't know if you've ever... Yeah, but I didn't even know his I, character's I, name. So I will, I'll do it now. You, you Thank you. you, you, you I have to say, I said this a minute ago, one of my biggest bugbears is when people say that it's too realistic because that is not by any stretch of the imagination a bad thing at all if it mirrors your life or the audience can relate to it it's going to make them enjoy it even more but, but, i but believe part of good drama to me is the escape this is where we differ i like the escapism of drama i don't want to see what and i'm not saying that i get on a train every morning and flirt with a woman that i'm married and all those sort of things but mm. to me i want to see something a bit different from life in drama I prefer science fiction, fantasy. Yeah, you know, See, I, I, I never will, but that's no, I mean, just yeah, a personal we, this taste. Is where we differ on that one. Yeah, that's just personal taste, um, and I, I never will. But again, but I don't think I can understand why people would enjoy. It. But for me, the realism is what draws you in. You have to connect to. I mean, I think a lot of people watch crime drama because they think, well, "What if that happened to me?" You well, know, is, how awful I also would think that be? An element in that is that they do go for the sensational. I mean. Yeah. In that. Luke, Luke, just to say, uh, Blackpool, was that it? Ah, yeah. sorted, thank you. And Monroe, of you course. You met him well. on the tower, yeah? Yeah. Um, can, I, can I also just say that if you were wondering why Olivia Coleman was in it but not giving her normal powerhouse performance that we've come to know and love and expect, part two mm. is, well, she, I mean, is brilliant. Even in part two, I didn't think she, she was utilised as much as she possibly could have been, but no, I understand but it is a really, yeah, yeah, it is a really a good hour. Yeah. Can I give my guesses, because I haven't seen part two as to what happens. No. Um, okay, fine. No, I'm sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm saying no, you haven't seen it. Sorry. No, I haven't, I haven't yeah. seen it, so I'm going to take a slight guess. Yeah. I, I think you will see, I, I think they will end up together, you know, in this first uh, part of the episode. I think their partners will find out, and then their lives will be completely changed forever. And I don't think they're going to end up together. Will you watch the second part? Probably not live, but I will watch it. Okay, that's the 7.39. Um, that's our views. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, because we haven't heard enough of Gary, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're now going to let him take over as he looks at the more entertaining side of 2014 so far. Yes. Uh, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, Splash. Ah, oh, it's back to Bruno <laughs> um, Yes, yes it is. The second series of Tom Daly's uh, Splash came back on ITV on Saturday night. More V-list celebrities. Uh, what list? Pools. V-list, I decided v. to go for. Not, not quite Z, not quite, you know, A. I don't know. Um, yeah. A woman out of TOWIE. Someone called Gemma, yeah, that was it. Another Gemma. Uh, who seemed Another to be, ob- I only saw her, and she seemed to always be talking about her fans. I never knew who she was. Oh, I thought maybe that was what she called Yeah, her. because you don't watch uh, ITV2, Luke. 
No, because I'm a grown-up. Um, oh, oh, but man. to be fair, and I've written this in... Sorry, Gary, you, you continue yeah. your intro and then I'll... Well, no, I, I, you, you have written about this on the website. I have written about this, and what I said was, of the five, she was the one that I was most anticipating, just because she's a larger lady, and, <laughs> and she would be the one... The, the... There were some rather nasty ones on Twitter, I have to say. People who, you know, show pictures of empty swimming pools and when this was the scene <laughs> after her dive, things like that. Yeah, I mean, Luke, stop th- doing that. Yeah, Luke. <laughs> Sorry, I got film a Saturday night. Stop those memes. Um, I, I thought, I thought actually, to be fair, and I think I echo Luke's comments uh, on the website, which I highly recommend looking at. It has learned a little bit about what went wrong in series one. But to me, and I know Luke says this about the dancing, it's they do one dive. What what they learned from the last series? I don't. Well, I I think they've learned that they need to simplify it a bit. I think the first two episodes of Splash last year were overdone, and that's what caused the problems. They've learned. They've learned what they they haven't changed it at all. My point. Yeah. well, the, arti- the article I've written as sorry. part of my weekly article is that they should have changed it. One thing that they should have done is got rid of Joe Brand. I don't understand why Joe. I'm amazed she does this. Why Joe Brand is on the path? I love Joe Brand. Said that and we've talked, so do I. And we've talked about her so much, and I think, but they should have reviewed, you know, looked at the series and like. I just but think, I think that, that it it lacks credibility because. Of, I mean, you could find. I'm sure you could find a female diver who was quite enter, or, or someone who's got something to do with at least. But they won't be known. No, they won't be known. This is or such at a, least something the, to and do that's with the problem with the program. It's such a niche thing. That or they even struggle. like say a Rebecca Adlington, someone who's got something to do with you know swimming or you know an Olympian or something. Joe yeah. Brand is so far away from removed from the subject and I just and I, don't know. she did that diving program on Dave about three years well, I ago I think that was about it wasn't it yeah was... and I just think she her comments don't really add anything to it and also I mean there's no sense you know who's going to go through you knew that that little lad from diversity who is now yeah. shockingly he's 18 now and he still looks 12 and, how is that possible um, and that's what happens if you get thrown around a lot <laughs> Tom Daly got him on the show just so that he could be taller uh, and obviously, we should mention now that the Tom Daly. I don't think that has changed it at all, has it? The Tom Daly um, revelation. No, I, 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 I think only all it's done is is, is raise the media profile. Although, although he's uh, now when he says I, I'm at my happiest when I'm at the end of a board, it sort of uh, puts a whole new meaning to that. Anyway. All right, Evander. Sorry, but I would like to qualify. I didn't say there's, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I did not say <laughs> that. Your I, we all know what you said. We all know. I believe that I just lifted that gag from Vicious, okay? I'm sorry about that. Let's move on. <laughs> that makes it worse. Anytime you take gags from that show, you should be. That makes it more of a hate crime, Mr. Donnelly. Uh, moving on to Celebrity Big Brother, which turned at the weekend. Uh, the first night was, as always, filled with lots of who and really and oh, well, they got him. Uh, but we have got some actual genuine celebrities this year. Uh, I would say it's it's a house of two halves. The male the male side of the house. Are yep. mainly famous. The female side of the house, with the exception of Linda Nolan, aren't. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. But I, well, no, I think Louise Zussman is fairly. I wouldn't call her. I wouldn't call her famous. No, she's, I mean, she's, she's not, not famous, done... but I suppose she's more current than a lot of the others. I suppose. Well, the, but, uh, uh, as current as the the girl from Towie or the guy yeah. from Made Chelsea. I mean, they yeah, yeah, they can be grouped into the same. Uh, you know. The, the, the twist so far this year, and there are many more to come by the looks of it, is that the first night, couples were all handcuffed to each other. The first couple in, which was Jim Davidson and Linda Nolan, uh, got the opportunity to choose one couple to be uh, un- uncuffed, uh, and they chose uh, Dappy and Liz Jones to be uncuffed, mostly because they both, they both looked uncomfortable, mostly because, as we now know, poor old Liz Jones probably would have been molested in some way by poor Dapper, oh, Dapper, God, yeah. um, who, who is now turning into the no, star no, no, no. show. Uh, so, but, I, you know, uh, the rest of the cast is, is very good. I mean, we've definitely... Uh, I, I saw one person on Twitter calling it Celebrity Bonk Brother, and I think they have got a bunch of very randy housemates. Lee Ryan oh, is... Oh, that Lee Ryan and that girl... Uh, the Casey. No, 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 no. Casey. Yeah, well, that's who they're together. But I mean, the oh, other the sort of Randy one is that woman who looks a bit like Megan Fox, the American. Oh one. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, I can't think of Jasmine. Her name. Jasmine, that's it. I, I, I think the main thing is, is that you have got some great characters. I think Evander Holyfield is going to be great. He sleeps with his Bible. He's got views on everything, and he's he's massive, and he's going to intimidate some people. And I wouldn't like to see him when he gets angry. And I, I'd love I... to see him and Jim and him and Jim Davidson in an argument. Mostly because I'd like to see Vander punch him out. But... Well, Jim Davidson and, and Liz Jones had a bit of a spat last yeah. night about nuclear warheads. It wasn't and really much of it was. A, yeah, it was more of a. Mm. It was more of a little debate. thing. But I, I, I think the one thing they are doing, obviously, the the second twist is that whoever gets evicted on Wednesday night is actually going into the surprise house. You know, yeah, the, I mean they've the done that a lot of times. They've done it before, but it does it does make good telly. Uh, and um, uh, Lionel Blair to win for me. Yeah, a lot of people are backing Lionel very early. I, I, I'm not as, sure Lionel... As Ryland I... said, Lionel for the final. Well, very good. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to discover. Eligibility in terms of discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yes, rhyming. Always big on this podcast. Um, I'm not sure Lionel will make it to the end. What, just because he'll die? No, I think... I, I think go. When you think about who votes on Big Brother, I don't think they're going to vote for Lionel. But it's I, don't, I think they're going to vote for the popular ones. But, but I don't know. It could be. For eviction, just generally. I don't think yeah, it's for eviction. I don't anyway. Know. But yes, certainly a very interesting, but certainly a lot more interesting than last year's Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, moving on, another sitcom that returned but has changed channel uh, from BBC to ITV was uh, the 80s or 90s comedy Birds of a Feather. Uh, Linda Robson and Pauline Quirk's dog 
Um, I'll start again this one. Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> no, that's not really. Pauline Quirk's dog's owner. Sorry, I, I, I just can't after there. <laughs> Pauline um, Quirk's dog's owner yeah. is what he went for in the end. Indeed. And, uh, and the other one, uh, who I forget, just because I, I, I know Luke likes it when I do that, Max. Yes. Um, so, uh, you two have watched this, I understand. I haven't. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, shall I go on this one, Luke? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, this was... Um... Oh, you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> the, the premise of this, the return of it, was that the sisters, Sharon and Tracy, haven't spoken for a while. They reunite at the signing of a book, uh, which they f- turns out is written by Dory in Sixty Shades of Green. Quickly goes to them, sort of, you know, going back to the house together because both of them now are on their own. Uh, Linda Robson's son, played by Pauline Quirk's son, which is a bit um, confusing, uh, is off to uni in the near future and the house will be empty then. And then, surprise, surprise, everyone comes back, you know, Dorian and Matt Willis playing the, the older son. Um, I would say on this, um, when we were talking about Open All Hours earlier, they have updated it and I think Luke... You think they've updated it too much? There are too many references to the. Well, the... particularly in the first one, mm-hmm. there were. I I don't know about the second and I'm, third. Some I... of the chain, the the sort of modernising of it, I think, makes sense. It's completely believable that Dorian would be writing dirty novels, uh, that Sharon would be working in a pound shop, and I just thought the gags came at you at such a rate that there was always something to make you laugh. I did, I, again, I didn't think I'd laugh as much as I did. I rather enjoyed it. I think the chemistry between the actresses makes it work. And also just, just the delivery of the gags. I love that gag. Um, what was it? Um, how can you have priorities? You haven't even got a window. That was one of my favourites. Um, I don't even, I'm not sure I understand that. <laughs> it's a northern I, joke, Luke. I don't quite get it. It must be a northern joke. Even though it's uh, in let, let him carry on and let's see if we get yeah. it in the future. Yeah, okay. Fine. I'll just be dropping off to bed tonight and I'll get that. Yeah, sure. Um, oh, no, no, but, yeah. sorry, no, I got it wrong, you see. It was principles. Oh. How can you have principles? You haven't even got a window. Still not funny. Okay, still, still not funny. No, still missed me. Um... Uh, trying so hard not to moan. I I like. Oh, the go nostalgia. on. We love it when you do. I like the nostalgia element to this, and I like you know singing along to the theme tune and stuff. I just it just what basically the problem is is it just saddens me that we have to sort of bring back these shows and we can't do something interesting mm, and funny I, I, now. I agree. I agree with you on That's, that point, uh, but. Again, I mean, this wasn't brought back originally for the TV. They did a stage run of Birds of a Feather, and I think people saw it. And So you didn't find it funny at all? You disagree with me on that point? Um, but it was funny in places. I, 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 I thought it was funny, and I would rather, again, I think it works. There are so few pre-Watershed sitcoms. I would like to, you know, and this one doesn't rely on cheap, cheap laughs, cheap sort of, you know. No, I agree with you yeah. on that. As as say, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm struggling here to think of another pre-war shed sitcom just generally, and I think I think it's a good fit to have something other than on ITV after the soaps rather than another celebrity travelogue. I agree. Mm. Um, so, well, and I'm sure it did really well in the ratings. Mm. It's easy viewing. There's no doubt about that, and I'm sure it will go on. Again, to the the, the the um, test will be to see if future episodes you know make me laugh as much as as this first one did i mean Doesn't that might be an, the anomaly rather than you know 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah it, are people just watching it for that nostalgia of Birds of a Feather, or will they actually stay invested in the show? Is it funny enough? I suppose, like any comedy, to have people coming back. We shall see. Two other shows, very quickly, that came back in the new year. First is uh, the the Return of the Bridge. I'll very quickly skip over this because I haven't watched it yet. But it oh, is I have. BBC Four. Perhaps we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, about that next time. When Gary's watched when it, I thought, I thought he already it. had. Okay. Sorry. At the time, you know. Um, the return that I have watched is the uh, the 17th or 18th series odd. of 17. 17, there you are, I was right the first time, of Silent Witness. This being the first time I've watched this since probably the Amanda... Oh, come on, let's come see. on, we, we let's see. this, we rehearsed this. Come on! Redmond, no, I said... No, no, no! no. no. Dawson, Burton. no! Who's Burton. Amanda Dawson? Amanda Hug and Kiss. <laughs> uh, Amanda Burton. Burton. Guys. Ironic that we skipped the bridge for time and then we spent two minutes guessing Amanda Burton's name. <laughs> Comedy, my friend. Comedy. And it's not uh, that the first episode, for, for, double episode, featured around uh, a foreign footballer and potentially being mixed up in a anti-Semitic. Um, a murder mm. ring uh, because mm. of money he had allegedly given to support the work in uh, in Israel. Very good, but again, I have to say, my biggest problem with Silent Witness has always been why are the pathologists solving the crime. But I thought this was not an okay return. There wasn't a lot else on around that time, so I did enjoy it and probably will well, watch the next one. They, they used a lot of modern references, like the footballer had said something inappropriate on Twitter, yeah. uh, and it, all these people around him were trying to sort of. Uh, fan, not fan the flames, but put the fire out if you like. Um, I thought this was an improvement on last year's because I think the newer characters in in um, in Jack and Clarissa sort of became an interesting double act. Um, yeah, we talked about I, that. I we we, we that. said didn't we that perhaps it's. I don't know. I, yeah. I I I was I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, considering I haven't really. Have you watched past. part two of episode one? Yes, I have. Yes, I. Watched I haven't though. No, but what I would no. say, I mean, you know, I'm not a fan of these sort of dramas, and and. You're really not. In fact, if if there's one thing I've learned about you is the long the long running BBC One crime drama Silent Witness. New tricks to a point, George Gently. Oh, I didn't mind new tricks. I I I found. I mean. There was a because it was there was a lighter element to new tricks, but this I just I, I just didn't believe in any of the sort of you know the supporting characters, especially the um, the policewoman played by Kay Rag, who just came across as completely like someone who yeah. who just didn't know what they were talking about do, do, and just do, do the police officers come back or are they just one offs for each case? In other words, with the next uh, case, no, would it be the same police no, officers. No, 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 no. It's new officers. people uh, everywhere. They just, it's, they, it's, she just, to, to me, just just didn't... I mean, the conversation she was having, oh, of course she would have committed suicide having an autistic son. That just, just to me, it completely just took me out of it. I did not believe in it at all. I just thought it was just quite sloppily written. I agree with you. I like the main characters. That works for me. But whenever they weren't on screen, I was just a little bit bored, I have to be honest. Silent Witness continues uh, for another four weeks in Indeed. the Thursday and Friday slot. If you want to, watch it. And, 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 you know, I'm sure. I'm sure there are, it has its fans. We know because you don't make 17 series of something if it isn't well received. Uh, we're going to move on to the previews. I'm going to do something slightly different because there are so many previews to get through because there's lots of great television. What we're going to do is well, we're going to take there's telly. There's I don't telly. Know how much well, there's this is great. Is we're going to yeah. take we're going to take one preview each and just go with it. So I'll start. And oh, then I'll I hand over shall to I Matt. start because I've seen this? First. Well, oh. God. Matt is just Matt controlling. 
I know. Matt starts, then Luke, then me, and we'll just see how. Yeah. Okay. I just because that. I've already seen the taste. How which is on, flaming control. Which is on um, tonight at tonight. nine. Okay. Um, and this is the um, British adaptation of an American um, cooking reality competition series, I suppose you could call it. Uh, basically, it is the same format as The Voice. Uh, three um, judges, coaches, mentors, whatever you want to call them, including Nigella Lawson, uh, take it in, uh, all taste the same spoonful of food created by a chef. They then meet the chef and decide if they want to put them on their team. Each each uh, mentor gets four chefs on the team, and then I'm not sure what happens next. That's next week's. Well, I, I I'm hoping if it's like the voice, I'm looking forward to the Mexican rap battle round. That was funnier when you told yeah. us that before the podcast started. Yeah, yeah. And it was the, it was the salsa rap before, which yeah, made I know, it but Mexican rap was better. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you like Master Chef things like that, I suppose you might enjoy this. Um. And we'll talk about it more. I think Gary will probably watch this. Luke probably. Yeah. Will. If it's a cooking program, you know I'll watch it. Thought I'd get there it's, before you. It's interesting so. to see Channel Four doing cooking competitions because they haven't well, done that in prime time they, for a long time. They did oh. do an adaptation of another American cookery show, Iron Chef, which sort of oh yeah, it failed, which is it's it's a horrible show. But mm. they, I mean, don't um, forget, Channel Four was the home of you know Gordon Ramsay and Jamie Oliver to start with. So. Mm. So it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, so that's tonight at, at nine. Uh, tomorrow night at nine sees the somewhat welcome return, but oh my goodness, is it back already? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 24 hours in AE. Channel 4, it's a program Matt and I really enjoy and see the value in. I'm slightly worried that they might be sort of overdoing 24 hours in any. I love it, and, but I just think, give us a bit of a break from it, and then when it comes back, it'll be interesting I've just again. seen but they're doing back. something um, 24 hours somewhere else, aren't they? Um, yeah, in um, Jimmy Savile's back garden. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay. That went, that went <laughs> really <laughs> swiftly on before you really went <laughs> Yes. Uh, a, a remake of a 70s children's program, the Tomorrow People starts on Wednesday on E4 at 9pm. It's an American remake. I'm afraid I can't remember what network it's on. But it's full right. of young, good-looking people, some of which may well have been in Home and Away or Hollyoaks or something. Uh, and uh, it looks like it's based loosely on the 70s program. Young people with abilities uh, who, who awaken and find these abilities. A little bit heroes-ish uh, in, in its basic mood. Uh, and, um, yeah, it looks, it looks okay. I'll give it the first one a go and let you know how I get on. Do you want to continue, Gary? Because you know about yeah, because I I know about the next two. So, Hurricanes and Heatwaves is part of the uh, BBC Four flashback series. I think it's called Flashback, but I could be slightly wrong on that. But I'll have a look in a moment. What you get a name wrong? I know, terrible, isn't it? Um, that's so 2013. Uh, Hurricanes and Heatwaves is basically a look at a documentary about be- mostly, I would say, BBC weather people, weather men and women. Uh, I think because of the weather being as it is at the moment, I think obviously I would imagine this will get quite a good audience. Um, certainly the old John Ketley reference and uh, Michael Fish and his 1987 gaff about the hur- yeah Ian McCaskill. All the great names will be mentioned in there. Suzanne Charles. But maybe not Fred the Weatherman. 
No. Or, uh, Possibly or Sharp not. Lloyd, whatever her name was. Um, yes. I'll just say 24 hours. That's on, that's, that's, that's... 24 hours in custody is the new 24 hours. Oh, interesting. Are we sponsoring that? Um, from the custardv.com. 24 hours in custody. <laughs> uh, Classic comedy. Wednesday, <laughs> if that's not your cup of tea to watch live, I'd recommend Die Player and Walkout of recording that one. Uh, also on Wednesday, uh, The Return of Grey's Anatomy, the very popular American uh, hospital drama. Tenth series, uh, Wednesday at 10pm on Sky Living. Tenth series. I know. Amazing. I'll hand over to Luke because this is one of his favourite shows. I do like this, but again... I don't know whether it's actually series three of uh, oh, the Sorry. dating series The Undateables. It is back Thursday at nine. Seems to be covering old ground if the trailer's anything is to Gary go by. On but this one? No, he's on The Unhopefuls. Okay. Uh, that is a new series <laughs> <laughs> coming soon. The, the Undesirables. <laughs> Ten. The Unconscionables. Eight. Breathe, Gary. Seven. So that is Thursday at nine, third series of the undateable. The unmemorables. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, Weekly Wipe is back, Charlie Brooker. Hurrah. Uh, Thursday night, nine o'clock. Oh, no, Thursday the ninth at ten o'clock on BBC yes. Two. Oh, um, what you did. I'll, I'll continue. Can I just quickly say, we, we, well, no, 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 we didn't talk about 2013 Wipe, but it was gloriously funny. And if you mm. don't like Charlie Brooker, get off this podcast. Okay. Um, also, I'll just mention uh, The Voice UK is back, Series 3. On Why are they seven... suddenly calling it The Voice UK? Like, we don't know what country we're They've in. always done that. Have they? Yeah. Uh, Not in the title. This one, so. uh, oh, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, myself and Gary uh, chose the lineup this year with um, yeah, uh, Kylie Minogue and Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser So why did we choose Will I Am to return? Joining <laughs> Will I Am and um, uh, Sir Tom Jones. Uh Early reports indicate that this might be a return to form, and again, I suspect Gary... Hang on, a return to form okay. means it was good to start with. Well, you enjoyed the first series, come on. You enjoyed the first I series. I may have. There may be a podcast okay. where Myself I'm Myself and Gary will probably be watching at least the first episode, Luke probably will not. Yeah. I think I think the one thing is as well, you know, another chance for Emma Willis to get herself on television. She's all over Channel Five, we and now we'll be... see enough of Emma, Emma Willis. Willis. We do not she's see become the new. She's becoming the new Sarah and Smith. Mm, we don't see enough of him, Willis. No, I'll, talk very briefly about, yeah, I'll talk very briefly about US drama Hostages, which gets yeah. a big opening this Sunday night on uh, Saturday night on Channel 4 at 9pm. I would have thought this would have been on Sunday, but they put it on Saturday, which is interesting. Um, yeah, sort of Homelander, you'd have thought. Well, a Homelander, no, yeah. The big problem with this one is it was given a big, big push in America, but it didn't go down too well, and it has already been cancelled. But there are 15 are OK episodes. Maybe that's why it's been put on Saturday nights because it doesn't, it isn't got to, you know. They've got to get rid of it. They've got to get rid of it. Um, I'm shocked it's not a more for them for that. Well, reason. yeah, Dylan McDermott plays the lead. There are lots of other very Tony good Tony Collette's actors. in it, isn't she? Isn't Tony, I was going to say Tony Collette was, was in it. If I could remember her name, I would have said it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I did know she was in it. Uh, it. Basically, it's a bit more like a film, the first episode. It, and that's, my, I think, my problem with it was when I watched the, pre- the first episode. I kind of went. This has got nowhere to go. When sometimes when you watch American programs, they put everything in the pilot, and this is one of them. Um, I'll go oh, to Luke for Sherlock. Okay, Sherlock. We talked about it in depth earlier, but it finishes. Believe it or not, it's only just come back. But Sunday sees the conclusion mm. of this long-awaited third series. It focuses on uh, his new nemesis, and it is called his 
dead is something Val, his final Val is deadly Val. Well, he talked about no, he talked about it, didn't he? He talked about vows in his um mm. in his best man speech. So that is the the final episode. It's over way too soon. And as we as Matt and I and get to look ahead as to what's coming on the BBC, I don't know yet what's replacing it. On Sundays uh, at 8.30 uh, or 9.00. Well, 8, 8 o'clock will be called The Midwife. 8 o'clock will be called The Midwife. 9 o'clock, it wouldn't surprise me if they put wildlife programmes on. Um, but So there isn't anything in the pipeline, really, of the scope of Sherlock to replace I Sherlock with, you. if that makes any sense. Uh, uh, I can't tell. Um, shall I no. just quickly do the last two? Uh, yeah, off, do the last two. Uh, Monday uh, the 13th, we've got uh, Sport Relief Bake Off. Uh, this is on over four four nights. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, oh, right. uh, yeah. Every, I nice. think uh, everyone is on eight thirty. I'm not hundred percent sure, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, this is okay. celebrities because uh, it's sports relief. You've got a couple of uh, sports people on there, including Greg Rutherford, Victoria Pendleton, and Michael Vaughan. There's also um, uh, Ginny Weasley from Harry Potter, Samantha Bond from Downton Abbey, one of the Saturdays, Johnny Vaughan, and of course Jamelia. Because you don't see enough of her. Just, yeah, Jamelia gets on everything. Uh, the first Jamelia. one is on eight thirty. The other three are all on at eight o'clock. And the other. And thing I'm slightly surprised that they didn't take this opportunity to put it on BBC One, seeing as the next cele- next version of the non celebrity version is not on BBC True. One. Um, I'm slightly surprised. Also, um, I should say briefly on this is that uh, Melon and Sue are not really featured on this at all together. Sue does host one on her own. And the other hosts, Homage to Lily, Ed Byrne, and Joe Brand, who we don't see enough of on television. Um, Did she do a programme on Dave about cake making that we didn't know about then? No, but she eats a lot of cake. Didn't she have a programme? She did have that programme through the cake hole, if I remember. Joe, Um, Sue, I'll be a witness. What a fattest he's become in the new year. Says the man who named an episode, we talk about the moves. Yeah. That was a highlight. And also, yeah. uh, briefly, um, and I'm assuming this is—is is this already on the iPlayer, Uncle? I don't know if uh, anyone wants to look now because it's a BBC it's, uh, Three sitcom. Um, I'm not sure who it stars, but it's about. It Helm a... is the, is the okay. writer, uh, the creator, and writer of it. I've got a little bit of blurb on it. Do you want my? Uh, yeah, do you want my do your blurb? blurb. Uh, Helm stars as Andy, a desolate out-of-work musician who forms an unlikely alliance with his 12-year-old nephew, Errol, after being morally morally blackmailed into looking after him by his chaotic sister, Sam. Uh, Yes, it is Monday, and it doesn't say here that you can watch the first episode uh, on iPlayer. Can I have a look now, quickly? You have a quick look. Uh, I have seen this first episode. Oh, right. I didn't rate it. Didn't no, yeah. rate it it's too not highly. On, not on, yeah, on I didn't rate it too highly, but I don't rate things like Cuckoo too highly either. Well, and look yeah. how well that I, did. I so suppose we, we ought to sort of, you know, we ought to say maybe with comedies you give it more than just one mm. episode. But uh, yeah, so that is all the previews. You can catch all our opinions throughout the week uh, between podcasts at thecustardtv.com. You can download this podcast from that website or give us a five-star review on iTunes. You can have your say on what we're talking about on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thecustardtv. Get us those likes. Get us those likes. Come on. We're also on Zbox. 95 or something? No, we're on 76. Let him think we're on 95. <laughs> yeah, you be uh, the, also, come on, you be the 100 like. Come on, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like we'll 70, get, 77 you get, likes. You get, if you have a particular... 
if you if you are the hundredth liker, you get to come to the national television awards with us. We're not paying for your ticket. That's... We're sitting with you. <laughs> <laughs> we won't see don't you, touch but us you can if come. You see us. Don't get anywhere near yeah. us. But you can say that you went with us. Also, if you'd like to follow a particular member of the podcast team on that their Twitter thing, uh, then you can. I'm at Luke Custer TV, and Matt is at Matt's TV Bites, and you can also follow Gary if you want. Uh, this has been 90 minutes of the Custer TV podcast. We will be back very soon. Thank you, and good night. Goodbye. Bye. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.